Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Good morning and welcome to church. It's great to have you here. How cool is it walking in through that foyer? It makes me wish that I was a kid again to be part of such an awesome program. Please be praying. Continue to pray this week for each of those kids that are coming and for all our leaders that God uh, would uh, bring some breakthrough, that we would see whole families redeemed, that we would see kids' lives changed. It's really an exciting week uh, in our church. Speaking of kids, I love being a granny. We have a beautiful granddaughter, Aurelia, who's nearly three. And in just over a month, we're going to have a little boy grandbaby. And I'm so excited. But this girl brings me so much joy. But I tell you, she has got energy to burn. She's exhausting I um, minded Aurelia last weekend for a night while Caitlin and Brenton had um, a time away and we did have so much fun. She spent nearly the whole time just running around and around. She was always busy. She'd get excited over even the littlest of things. It was so great. It brought me so much joy. There was laughter and squeals of excitement, pure, unfiltered joy until suddenly she was just done and she just stopped. She put her face up against this window and stood like that for almost a minute. Pure, unfiltered exhaustion. The tears and the grumpiness you can imagine came later. But as I watched Ray with her face up against the window, I found myself thinking, I know exactly how you're feeling. I mean, I realised last year that when I experienced burnout, I was the same. I'd been busy doing all of these things, constantly on the go, barely stopping. And don't get me wrong, they were all good things and I was loving it. I was loving seeing what God was doing and how he was using me. I loved growing in my capacity and my leadership. It was fun. I experienced so much joy until I stopped. And like Ray, I felt like I just couldn't go on. And there were lots of tears and grumpiness for me too, but I like to think I was a little bit more mature about it. I think I was probably kidding myself. But since coming back to work um, after some time off recovering, I've tried to be very intentional about putting up good boundaries to create margin in my life so that I didn't find myself in that place again. Trying to recognise my energy and stress levels before I find myself at the bottom of a cliff that I didn't even know I was going down. That's not always easy, but it is really important. I've recently um, cut back from working five days a week here at Gateway to working only three days here. And the extra two days, I'm now working for an organisation called Partners in Ministry. And it's an organisation that mentors, coaches and trains people in ministry to build health and sustainability in church leaders for church health. And I'm really enjoying this role and I'm excited to see how God is going to use me to play a part in bringing health to pastors and pastors' wives in our nation. I love mentoring. I love walking alongside people. I love helping people discover God at work in their lives. And I can actually see how this season that I've just walked through is going to help equip me to an even greater extent in this role because I've walked the journey that sadly many pastors find themselves experiencing. I recognise some of the signs. I can share some of the tools that I've learned and I can point them to Jesus who is the true restorer 
of souls. But as I watched Ray up against that window, I realised how tired I felt in that moment. History was kind of creeping up on me a little bit. I'd allowed my schedule to get so full and so busy that I was just tired. And these little warning bells started going off inside my head. And in that moment, I felt like God challenged me. He said, Susan, how can you help others unless you continue to help yourself? You know, most of us seem to have made busy our new normal. How are you going? Oh, I'm busy, but I'm good. Don't we? Don't get me wrong. Our busy is mostly good things. But we're living in this fast-paced world, trying to keep up at a million miles an hour, juggling family, work, church, friendships, all the while slowly running out of steam on the inside. And we're tired. We're anxious. Some days we're barely hanging in there. Here's the challenge. The habits that we form matter to who we are. We can build habits into our lives that are helpful, they're fruitful, bring purpose to our lives, rather than habits that are destructive and only feed anxiety and weariness. I'm going to read to you today a well-known story in the New Testament, the story of Mary and Martha. And I've been reflecting on this story a lot lately because it challenges me to set my priorities and build healthy habits. And I pray that today, from this message, you walk away with a gentle prompting from God to find rest for your weary soul. And maybe some practical tools, practical ways that you can set some priorities to build healthy habits too. So Mary and Martha are sisters and they're both good friends of Jesus. And the account that we're going to read from in Luke chapter 10 today occurs as Jesus and his disciples are passing through the town where Mary and Martha live and Jesus decides to stop at their place for a visit. Verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You know, as Martha hurries to ensure that all the preparations are ready, Mary simply sits at the feet of Jesus and she listens to his teaching. Mary and Martha are two sisters with incredibly different focuses. Well, Mary sits and soaks in the moment with Jesus. Martha can't think past the cooking and the cleaning and the preparations. The things that keep Martha busy aren't bad things In fact, they're culturally acceptable, expected even of Martha. Ancient Roman and even ancient Jewish um, societies generally didn't treat women well. Educational opportunities were limited and very few women received any kind of religious training. Women were valued for being good wives, keeping the house clean, having children... So it's not surprising, really, that Martha's first instinct when Jesus comes to visit is to make sure that dinner was taken care of and everything was just right. Being the good hostess, the good cook, the person behind the scenes who who keeps everything going, these are what most people actually valued Martha for. But Martha quickly becomes frustrated with all the work that she's doing alone. And she complains to Jesus. She says, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I hear myself so much in Martha. 
I mean, who likes to clean at the best of times? Dirty dishes that are left on the bench even when the dishwasher is empty. Towels left on the bathroom floor stinking and going mouldy. At times I feel like Martha just ready to snap. Maybe your snapping point has nothing to do with a dirty house or dirty dishes left on the bench or even the stress of entertaining. But maybe right now you're feeling pressures from different aspects of your life. Expectations at work. The pressure to achieve might feel overwhelming. Family life is chaotic with young children or even teenagers. Finances are creating a burden of stress and anxiety. Or maybe you're just feeling really tired. Everything feels like hard work right now. And I must admit, like Martha, I'm guilty at times of coming to Jesus and saying, this isn't fair. And like Martha in those moments, I actually don't always like the answer that Jesus gives. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Oh, that hurts. Jesus is telling Martha that Mary, who's sitting at his feet, who's just sitting there doing nothing, just listening. She's actually the one doing what's best. Doesn't Jesus understand the pressure of expectation that's on Martha? Doesn't Jesus realise that he might not get dinner if Mary doesn't get up and help? Doesn't Jesus understand the pressure that I'm under? I've got a long to-do list. The boss is putting so much pressure on me right now to perform. The kids consume my whole day and I'm just too tired to have the energy for anything else. I've just got to keep going. Can't stop. As I walked in, I had that line going through my head, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Seems appropriate. It seems like Jesus has a far greater understanding of what's happening than is actually expressed in these five verses that we read because he speaks straight to the heart of Martha's issue. He says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. Maybe today you can substitute your name for Martha's. Susan, you're upset and worried about many things. See, Martha world can be a little bit like that, full of worry and concern, overwhelmed by life's pressures. I'm not sure how Martha was expecting Jesus to respond, but he doesn't tell Mary to get up and help. Instead, he invites Martha to step out of Martha world and take a moment in Mary's world. See, Mary's world looks a little different than Martha's world. Mary no doubt has her own to-do list, her own deadlines to meet, cleaning to do, food to prepare, a dishwasher to load, blue shirts to iron. But Mary chooses something different. Mary sets her priorities differently. See, in Mary world, we're invited to step away from the busyness of Martha world and step into a place of devotion, of peace and rest, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, take a deep breath, tune out everything else and simply focus on him. That's Mary world. And Jesus invites us to visit there often because he knows how good it will be for us. 
He knows that we find a place of balance in our busy lives if we spend time in Mary world. Time being still, sitting at his feet, listening to him. We can't live in Mary world forever. But in Mary world, we can be refueled and re-energised, ready to face the pressures of Martha world. We can find ways of taking our Mary heart into our busy lives. How do we be still with God in a world that never stops? I'm going to keep it really simple today and very practical. I've got two practical principles that I want to share with you from this story. Priority one, quieten the distractions. It's actually better to listen to Jesus than be distracted by many things as Martha was. It says Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And the Lord said, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. If Jesus was in front of you right now, would he be saying these words to you? You're upset and worried about many things. Would your first thoughts be to prepare everything, get busy, making things perfect for him? Or would you want to stop and spend time with him? What's your mind's attention on? See, what we give our mind's attention to gets our heart's affection because our feelings follow our thoughts. Colossians 3 verse 2, Paul says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above. You know, when I was younger, I made it a habit of learning um, scripture by heart. And I know that many of you would have done this as well. As a teenager, I often struggled with fear. And Isaiah 41.10 from a very early age was a scripture that I learnt by heart and I still go back to it often in my fear-filled, anxious moments. God says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, a few years back I was at a conference and we were standing in this moment of worship and I was struck by a massive fear attack, massive panic attack. And so I did what I had trained my mind to do and I just started quoting this scripture over and over again while my heart was racing. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Do not fear for, do not be dismayed. I kept going over and over again. Do not fear for I am with you. And it was a few minutes in and God suddenly broke through in that moment and I'm there going, do not fear for I am with you. And he said, I promise. I went, what? That was random. Do not fear, for I am with you. I promise, he said again. You know, as I set my mind on things above, not on earthly fear, which was still racing, God spoke such a clear promise to me of his presence with me as I learned to have victory over fear. And it didn't happen instantly. But for a season, I had those words, I promise, up on my cupboard in my bedroom so that the first thing I saw when I got up every morning was, I promise. God, thank you that you're saying today, you promise to be with me. I have nothing to fear. Every day, I saw it. And over time, fear has lessened its hold on me and I've known a greater strength and a greater certainty in Jesus walking with me. Practice the habit of learning scripture by heart. Teach your children early to learn scripture by heart, to set their mind on things above and not on earthly things. It will quieten the distractions and help bring you peace. You know, Mary cherished the time with Jesus and gave her entire focus to his presence and when Martha complains to Jesus, he gently reminds her of what her focus should be on, building a relationship with him. 
Yes, Martha showed incredible hospitality. And Jesus isn't dismissing this as a bad thing. Don't hear that. Both Peter and Paul later described the gift of hospitality and service as a spiritual gift. But the problem is that Martha got lost in the distractions. She missed the fact that at that moment, practical matters could pause for something much more important. What's stealing your attention and causing you to miss out on spending time with Jesus? For the most part, I'm sure they're not actually bad things. And they're probably things that at some point need your attention. But so often they're the things that get all of our attention or our first attention. We go to bed thinking about the demands of work, family, the long to-do list that never seems to end and we wake up, our first thoughts are given over to the anxiety of all the things that we've gone to bed worrying about the night before. One of my biggest distractions every single morning is my phone. And I know if I got hands up around this room, I wouldn't be alone. Because we automatically these days wake up and we reach for the phone, whether it's to turn the alarm off or to check the time. Once our hands are on that phone, we check for new messages. We check for new emails. We check and double check all our social media feeds to make sure that we're up to date on all the goss and we're not missing out on anything that's happening currently. And before I know it, I'm running late. So I send a quick apology to God, thank him that he's with me in my day, regardless of the fact that I haven't spent time with him and I am off to a flying start for that day. Yet when we fully grasp the priorities of heaven, our own priorities and habits should change. Matthew 6 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? All these things, everything else, all the other distractions will be added to you as well. Seek him first and all these things will be added to you. What would it look like for you not to touch the phone until you've spent time with God? It takes time, takes discipline and practice to change habits, but you can do it. Told you this was gonna be really practical today. The Apostle Paul compares the need for self-discipline to sport. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Everybody say strict training. Again? They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, I'm not suggesting that you punch yourself in order to bring discipline to your spiritual practices, but we get that we have to practice to get better at sports or other skills that we're trying to gain. We have to be disciplined. We need to practice. And Paul says the same is true for our spiritual life and the habits that we want to develop. For instance, if you determine that first thing in the morning is the best time to read your Bible before getting out of bed, before doing anything else, then it actually helps to have your Bible and everything you need sitting right there, doesn't it? Simple change. It also helps to train your husband or somebody else in the household to bring you a coffee while you're there. That really helps as well. Just a little hint. And stop in that moment your itchy fingers that are just really wanting to grab that phone 
right next to the bed until you've spent time with God. We waste so much time when we grab for the phone first, spend time in God's word. Before you do that, choose to discipline. Your fingers will get itchy for a time, but it'll get better. Jesus is extending the same invitation to you that he extended to Martha. Get rid of the distractions so that you can accept the invitation to sit at his feet. Now, I've struggled my whole life trying to find what works for me, feeling like I've got to fit the mould of what spending time with God should look like. It's taken me years to realise that no one thing works for everybody. I love to practice being still in God's presence in the quiet hours of the morning. Before I turn on the light, before my mind gets busy with the worries of the day, these times, while they're often only a few minutes long, are beautiful times in his presence. He settles my anxiety And he fills me with peace and it gives me a good perspective for the day ahead. Now, of course, I no longer have small children at home and I recognise that that makes it an even greater challenge uh, for those of you with young kids. But we need to find a way that works for us to block out the distractions and spend time with God. Priority number two. Choose what is better. Choose what is better. Jesus said to Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. In this statement alone, Jesus is breaking through the cultural barriers of the time. In this culture, education for women happened within the family. Brothers would teach their sisters things that they'd learn at school. Fathers would um, pass on bits of religious teaching here and there. Therefore, the idea of a woman sitting at a rabbi's feet to hear his teaching would have seemed bizarre, possibly even blasphemous. The fact that Mary dared to do that shows that she hungered for godly teaching and she wasn't afraid to hide it. The acceptable thing in her society would have been to wait on the, on the guest, to serve the guest, and then have her brother fill her in the next day, give her the gist of what Jesus said at another time. But instead, Mary sits at Jesus' feet to hear the truth directly from him. This is the same Mary who we read about, anointed Jesus' feet with perfume in, in John chapter 12. It's another example of forthright behaviour by somebody who doesn't seem to care what other people think. The perfume that she poured on his feet was described as expensive. And anointing someone's body is a deeply personal gesture. But Mary cared more about showing her devotion to Jesus even when it looked excessive and scandalous than she did about public opinion. It's time to stop rushing and worrying in Martha world and take a seat in Mary world to care less about what other people think and care more about your devotion to God. See, when we set aside time each day to come before the Lord in prayer and read his word, he offers us peace in the midst midst of chaos and worry. He offers us wisdom to know what steps to take. He sustains us through our challenges and he fills us with joy in every season. Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling anxious or overwhelmed? Are the burdens of life feeling heavy to carry right now? See, we live at this pace that God never intended us to live at. Jesus is inviting you to come and to sit at his feet, to learn from him, to choose what is better. 
His grace is sufficient for you. His mercies are new every morning. What do you need to do to step out of Martha world and into Mary world? What habits do you need to form? You know, I've discovered I really like changing things up. What works for me one month might not work for me the next, and that's actually okay. But I've got to make sure I keep finding new and fresh ways to connect with God. Sometimes I'm intent on reading scripture, sometimes journaling what God says to me. At other times, I listen to worship music for hours on end. I want to show you just quickly this um, fantastic journal. Guys, I know it looks a bit girly, but you'll get the principle here. This is the best journal I have found for my quiet time, spending time with God. It's called the 10-Minute Journal. It was developed by one of our Gateway um, ladies, Jordan Barashev. She's at our um, uh, Redlands campus. And if you want to find them, Honey and Gold is the name of her company. I really recommend these journals. There's a few simple things. It's only two page for a day. You get to write the verse of the day. You get to write what you're thankful for, what you're praying for. And then there's space for journal and reflection. And just to make it practical, to tell you what I do, and you can form your own ways and your own habits. But I choose to read a book of the Bible and then each day I'll read a chapter. And as I start, I'll be asking God, what is it that you want to speak to me during this chapter? Would something stand out? And sometimes I've got to read it a few times before something stands out. And when it does, I write down the scripture verse and then I reflect, which often is just thinking about what uh, the, the verse means to me that I've picked out but more often than not it lands in a prayer for me and I thought I'd just really quickly give you an example of that so this is when uh, a couple of years ago I was reading through Genesis um, got to chapter 3 so this might seem really random to you but this is how God spoke to me chapter 3 verse 21 says the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them think well why on earth did that stand out to you my reflection was how heartbroken God must have been in this moment when the perfect relationship between him and his creation was broken because of sin and yet this verse stood out to me because even in this pain-filled moment God you took the time to care for the needs of your creation the loving act of the creator to clothe his creation in their shame your love is so evident in that simple yet profound verse. God, would you continue to pour out your love and compassion on us and have mercy on humanity. Simple way to read God's word and let his truth speak to you. I really want to encourage you. Find your way. Being a verbal processor, I really love spending time in God's presence with other people. As Tim talked about earlier, life groups are a fantastic opportunity for all us extroverts and introverts. But unpacking scripture together, God's word, learning together, praying together, I love it. I come alive when I'm doing those things with other people. If you're not in a life group, just as Tim said, I really want to encourage you to get into a life group, sign up. It will bless you as you support others and you allow others to support you through whatever season you're walking through. At the moment, I'm in the habit of listening to um, a Bible app in, a Bible in One Year app uh, with Nikki Gumbel from Alpha, for those of you that know him. I listen to it every morning in the car on my way to work. And if you've ever heard Nicky Gumbel talk, he talks at a million miles an hour, but I also have it on, you know, 1.5 speed, so that's lots of fun. But I've worked out the time, if I started at home at 1.5, I can do a whole day's Bible app by the time I get to work. And Nicky does this great devotion that leads into the scripture readings for that day. And I've discovered a new joy in God's word as I'm listening to it be read to me. I'm noticing things that I hadn't noticed before or at least hadn't remembered. I may have tuned out during Leviticus or number and Numbers, but I have found a renewed passion for God's word through listening. 
I want to encourage you, find your ways that you connect best with God and go there often. And don't feel guilty if you've got to keep changing it up or it doesn't look the same as somebody else, whether it's in solitude, in worship, sitting in nature, the people that you gather with to spur each other on. Go there often, be blessed, refueled and ready to face what's next. You might have uh, to get creative to find your merry moments. But I really want to encourage you practically, don't give up. Jesus invites us because he knows what's best for us. He knows that it's the better thing to sit at his feet, to find rest for our anxious and weary souls, to learn from him and to lighten our load. I love that... um, God put Matthew 11 on Eden's heart this morning as well. I want to read you that scripture again. It says, come to me. Receive this scripture this morning for yourself. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, a yoke, as you probably know, is usually a wooden beam that's fitted between a pair of oxen or two other animals to help them pull together, to share the load, to lighten the load. And Jesus invites us to take up the yoke that he has designed especially for us to carry. And it's often in the darkest moments that we realise and we experience, we notice that Jesus is carrying the load with us. The challenges don't necessarily change, but we discover that the load is lighter with Jesus and we're not alone and he helps to guide us. Certainly in some of my darkest moments when I've felt weary and burdened, I've discovered God's gentleness his kindness, his faithfulness. And I know that there's seasons in our lives where God asks us to carry things that are are heavier than other times. Maybe illness for yourself or a loved one, maybe the death of a loved one. Challenges that face our families, injustice, natural disasters, things outside of our control. Maybe even the burden of prayer that God puts on our heart for things that are happening around the world. Jesus wants to gently restore your soul and teach you to walk in a new way, a slower way, a better way. I'm learning to carry the yoke that God has made just for me. I often want to rush ahead. I get impatient. And I sometimes think, just sometimes, that my way is better. I often pick up things that I shouldn't pick up. And sometimes I'm trying in my own strength and my own wisdom, but I'm learning. I'm learning to come and sit at his feet. Jesus invites us to keep coming to him, to allow him to carry our burdens. The invitation this morning is quite simple. Be still and know that I am God. Eden is going to sing over us in just a moment. And I want to invite you right now to take a step out of Martha world, whatever that looks like for you. And take a step into Mary world. Take a moment to quieten your heart. Focus your mind on his presence. Allow his spirit to minister to you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us afresh. Come and minister to us. Come and speak to us. Lord, give us ears to hear right now what the Spirit is saying. 
Help us to turn our eyes and our hearts to things above and not to earthly things. Why don't you receive the blessing of this song this morning? Just keep your eyes closed if you like and allow God's Holy Spirit to speak to you because he's got something to say. now take a hold of the word that God is putting on your heart. Maybe it's a scripture that you know well. Maybe it's one that's just come to mind. Maybe it's something God's been working in you over time. Sit at his feet. Receive that word, that truth right now. Spirit, would you help us to take hold of the truth of the word that you've put in our heart. God, we trust you. We love you. God, would those words not just be words on a paper or words in our mind, but would they take shape in our hearts as we set our mind on heavenly things, not 
on earthly things. God, would these words shape our hearts and our futures. God, help us right now to take hold of the truth and trust in you. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Oh, we trust you, Jesus. Thank you for the way that you minister to our souls. Thank you for your kindness, your gentleness, your faithfulness in these still moments. stand together as we as we finish this morning we're going to sing a beautiful love song to Jesus that has been sung for decades beautiful words just declaring how much we love the Lord and uh, while we do that I want to invite the prayer team down the front and I want to ask you what is it that you need to bring to the feet of Jesus this morning What is it that you need to to sit with Jesus in? I'd love you to to come down the front. Our prayer team would love to pray with you. Maybe the burden that you're carrying is anxiety. Maybe you're just feeling overwhelmed or you're tired. What is it that you need to just bring to the feet of Jesus? Be filled with courage. Courage. Just be renewed and re-energised for what's ahead. Our prayer team would love to pray with you. So if that's you, why don't you start coming right now? We'd love to pray with you. And the rest of us, we're going to declare how much we love our Lord. Amen.
delight in us. God, you welcome us into your presence. God, that we are able to sit at your feet and receive from you. God, when our, our minds are on heavenly things, God. If we understand priorities, the priorities of heaven, God, we'd come to you more and more. God, would you put in us a hunger and a thirst for more of your presence. God, I pray that you would help us in really practical ways to, to bring good habits to our relationship with you that we would continue, continue to sit at your feet, learn from you, be filled up, refueled, full of wisdom, full of joy, the presence of our heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you. Um, our prayer team will be out the front for a little while longer if you would still like some prayer. But be blessed. And think about the habits that you need to change or little additions, little sidesteps you might need to take to continue to find ways in your busy schedules to sit in God's presence, to rest at His feet. Such a good place to be. Go well. Bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to get connected with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.